to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Quick scripture, not going to be before you long. Just something quick, and I believe it's going to minister to all of us today. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We all know this text, scripture. But as I was meditating on what to bring today, I just felt God leading me to this text of scripture and talk about a few things. And it says, 1 John chapter 2, my little children, these things write unto you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation of our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. You may be seated. I want to talk today for a brief moment. Jesus, our advocate. Everyone say that with me. Just operating your faith. Just say, Jesus, my advocate. High praises. We all understand the the great triune God that we serve. We understand as we, earlier this year, went into the Apostles' Creed that we serve God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're one. But he came to the earth, and when he came to the earth, he took on the name Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And I believe, as we look into the text at scriptures, we'll see some things that Jesus, when he came, he came to establish a few things. He came to help us see what the world system offered, but he came to introduce to those who would soon become the body of Christ, he came to introduce to us the kingdom's system. And he wanted us to see that the world system is what you live by, but there's a greater system that I want you to accept and begin to live by, and it is the kingdom system. And therefore, in Matthew 4, 17, it says, from that point, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so 1 John 2 continues, continues chapter 1. And in chapter 1, it talks about the evidence of sin in all of humanity. If we say we have no sin, we lie. The truth is not in us. David said, behold, I was shaped and born in iniquity. And so we're born into a system where we are born sinners. However, in the same text of 1 John chapter 1, it also covers the power of forgiveness from God. That God is able to forgive us of everything. Therefore, he says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is what? He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of what? All unrighteousness. I believe that's a word for somebody in the house today. Amen. I know I received it a long time ago, and I receive it every day of my life, that I'm, I'm cleansed by coming to Jesus and turning from my sins and accepting him as Lord and as Savior, and he begins to his power, his resurrecting power through his blood to cleanse me of everything. Somebody shout everything, of everything I've ever done. The word is atone. What Jesus did is Jesus atoned for our sins. The word atonement means reconciliation. It is the process of forgiving or pardoning our transgressions. Listen to that quickly. I know you know this, but I just want to talk about this for a little bit today. The word atonement means it is reconciliation or the process of forgiving or pardoning our transgressions. 
I love this today because God, through Jesus Christ, declares a word that we don't talk about much in the church, but it's talked about in the prison system. It's a word called amnesty. Everybody say amnesty. Amnesty is a word that is for guilty folks who know they're guilty, but they get to go free. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Amnesty is a word for guilty folks. Now, if you sit in this house and act all righteous, you won't get this right here. But if you know you're guilty and you know you're deserving of hellfires, but Jesus comes in and he cleans you up. Amen. He cleans you up and he makes you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Then you have received amnesty. Somebody say, I've got amnesty on my life. I'm guilty, but I get to go free through Jesus Christ. So if we understand correctly, the Bible is about two men. It is about Adam, and it is about Jesus. There's the first man, Adam, and the second man, Adam. Now, he's not Adam because there's no more Adams, but there's the originator of the human race, and there's, there's the originator of the spiritual body of Christ. There's nothing else. So there's the first Adam and the last Adam, Jesus so everything in the Bible is about Adam, and it is about Jesus. Now understand, watch this, you're in Adam by your natural birth, okay? But through regeneration, you're in Christ by your spiritual birth. <laughs> Somebody ought to thank God for that. that th thank God that through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible lets us know that we've been rebirthed. Through the second man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, someone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The problem is when you get born again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in who? Christ. He is what? A new creation. All things are what? Passed away. All things have become what? New. So we understand that there's a difference between being saved and being transformed. I've always preached this because I think the church needs to hear this message. There's a difference, church, between being saved and being transformed. We see a lot of people get saved, but not everybody becomes transformed into the glorious image of Jesus Christ. So watch this. It is possible to be in church, but not be in Christ. Mmm. Like many of our churches all over this land, we can be in church, but not in Christ Jesus. And our stagnation with Christendom as it pertains to the church is, we're taught everything else except what it means to be in Christ. We're taught what it means to be in church. We're taught what it means to be in debt. We're taught what it means to be in trouble. We're taught what it means to go to hell. We're taught what it means to be everything else, but little do we be taught what it means to be in who? Christ. So many of us don't understand how to act because there's nothing worse than God taking a person who used to be in Adam and God rebirthing them by the power of his blood and putting them in Christ. God giving you a new house, a new address. But when you go looking for them, you keep finding them where they used to live at. Nothing worse than people who by spiritual experience in Christ 
still living a natural existence by being in Adam. Here it is, watch this. Trying to figure out life's vantage point from Adam instead of Jesus Christ. Listen to what 1 John 4.17 says. 1 John 4.17 says, love has been perfected in this that will not be afraid in the day of judgment. Watch this. For as he is, capital he, Jesus. For as Christ is, so are we the believers in this life. Listen to it once again. 1 John 4.17. Love has been perfected in this that we'll not be afraid in the day of judgment for as he is, as Jesus is, so are we. Now, this is powerful to the body of Christ in this life. So how many of you know today, watch this, Jesus is not defeated. How many of you know that? How many of you know Jesus is not broke? How many of you know Jesus is not sick? Jesus is not anxious. Jesus is not confused. Jesus is not indecisive. Jesus is not struggling. Jesus is not afraid. Jesus is not scared. Jesus is none of these things. All the things that we worry about in this life, he's none of them. And the Bible says love has been perfected in this that we'll not be afraid in the day of judgment. So anytime you come under a place of pressure, a place of testing, or a place where you're put to the test, you have no reason to be afraid. Why? Because the love of God has been perfected inside of you as a saint of God, as a child of God, that as Jesus is, so are you in this life. So whatever Jesus is right now in heaven, come on somebody, it is exactly who you are in this earth realm. It is identifying ourselves with our Lord in heaven. And as he is, so am I right now. And so if Jesus is at peace, I'm at peace. If Jesus is full of joy, I'm full of joy. If Jesus is chilling, guess what? I'm chilling also. And the last time I checked, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he said, it is finished. Hallelujah, someone. See, it amazes me that, that the church somehow or another believes that the world sometimes has come to an end. Some, some believe that because things have become chaotic in our world system, that there's been an upheaval of the societal balance. And maybe there's been decisions over the last decade of the Supreme Court and things that they've implemented that makes us believe that somehow the gospel and, and, and the church and, and maybe even the ministry of Jesus Christ is of, of little or no effect. But I'm here to announce to high praises this morning that in the midst of the chaos is when the word of God begins to break through the darkness. And I don't care what darkness this world is trying to hover over the church. The church has to stand and let the glorious light of Christ shine through the midst of the darkness. But how is the world going to see it? The Bible says, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ should shine forth through who? Everybody touch yourself and say, through me. Touch yourself and say, I am the light. You must let your little light shine that the world may see the Jesus in you. And when they see the Jesus in you, it begins to affect the world. Hallelujah, somebody. That is all around us. Somebody need to give God a hand clap of praise for that. 
I got this one disclaimer that I want to make, and it's a bold disclaimer. You ready for this? God is not intimidated by the affairs that are going on in this world system. Come on, somebody. Our God is not intimidated by the affairs that are going on in this world system. The kingdom of God is more than just punching a card and getting your spiritual fix for the week. Because that's why some of us come to church. I got to go to church so I can get my spiritual fix, so I can get ready for the week. No, the kingdom of God is more than just coming to church and getting your spiritual fix. Watch this. The kingdom of God is where we come to get trained to shift atmospheres when we leave church and go back into to our designated places, whether it be work, whether it be Walmart, I don't care where you go, when you leave church, you should leave equipped so that you can go back and say, I will introduce change to my atmosphere. And if you don't like what you're seeing, maybe you're not letting your light shine bright enough. Are you hearing me in this place? Why? Because as a believer, you have control over the barometer. Come on, somebody. You decide what the temperature is going to be. Hallelujah. We got the power. And that's why Jesus, when he ascended, what did he do? He took the keys from Satan. Amen. And now the keys rest not with Jesus because Jesus don't need them anymore. The keys rest with you and I. He says, behold, I've given you the keys of the kingdom, not to the, I've given you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. It will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth. Guess what? It's going to be loose in heaven. Amen, somebody. So when you come in agreement, oh God, come on somebody, with what you're believing and standing for, God says, bam, heaven agrees with it. It is done. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? What the enemy is after, he's after your faith. He's after your faith. Hallelujah. He doesn't need your house. He doesn't need your job. Amen. He's well employed. He doesn't need your money. He's well financed. So, then what is he after? He's after your faith. Because the day we as believers quit believing, we get paralyzed. Are you hearing me in this room today? The day, oh, this is great. The day you quit expecting from God is the day you get incarcerated. And you become stuck in a place and you can't get any farther. Listen, the moment you quit expecting, you start backsliding. Oh, are you hearing me? The moment you quit expecting, you start backsliding. The moment you quit believing that tomorrow is going to be better than today. Next week is going to be better than this week. And the days ahead of me are greater than the days that are behind me. The moment you stop believing that is the moment that you get incarcerated, amen, and you begin to be gripped with fear. Hallelujah. This is why God came to put faith inside of us so that we don't deal with cycles of dysfunction, so that you, you, you don't spend your life running around the same old mountains over and over again. But I believe today that there are some 
people in this sanctified house, hallelujah, that says, I'm tired of seeing the same old scenery. I'm tired of seeing the same old stuff repeat itself over and over again in my life. And I'm ready to enjoy what God has promised me. If that's you, will you give God a shout of praise and say, Lord, that's me. I'm tired of seeing the same old stuff. I'm ready to walk into everything, not just some things, but everything that you have promised for my life. Come on. Hallelujah. Because, listen, 2020 will look the same unless you do something different. Amen. I've been, I've been watching these little things, Pastor Evan, and everybody talking about 2020 vision. Amen. Yeah, you can talk about 2020 vision all you want to, but if you do the same stuff that you did in 2019, you're going to see the same results. Amen. You, you got to do something different because the purpose of the kingdom of light, which is at conflict with the kingdom of darkness, is to awaken us. Hallelujah. And I've come this morning to be someone's alarm clock. <laughs> Woo! There's an alarm clock sounding in the house today. Amen. That the Holy Spirit comes to awaken the you that's on the inside of you to who you were really born to be. Not what you've experienced, not what you've seen, but he's come to awaken the you that's on the inside that you've never seen before. Come on somebody, the word says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man. The things that God has prepared for those, hallelujah, that love him. Listen, you want to know why Joshua survived the wilderness? It's because his purpose had not yet been fulfilled. Amen. You want to know why you're going to survive what you've been going through in this life? It's because the things that you've been promised has not yet been fulfilled. That's why you got to start saying, I can't die in this storm. I can't die in this battle. I can't die in the midst of all the turmoil that I've been seeing because I was born for another day. And I've come to talk to somebody this morning who recognizes that you were born for a better day. Hallelujah. God got greater in store for you. And so the battle, the battle is over, is over who's going to shape the future. The real struggle in your life, listen to me, this is powerful. The real struggle in your life, church, is not about what you've been through the last 5, 10, 15, or 25 years. The real struggle in your life is what are you going to do with the next five? Are you hearing me? Because I talk to so many folks and they keep talking about what happened. Well, you know what happened was, well, you know what I've been through is, and God is saying, I'm tired of folks talking about what was and what used to be. And I'm looking for some folks that's going to stand up and say, let me talk about where I'm going, though. Hallelujah. Yeah, I, I've been through some stuff. Been there, got the T-shirt. Amen. I, I've been through some stuff. But, but let me tell you about where I am going. Amen. In my future. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because... I got a feeling this morning that there's somebody that's about to pull something into your present that's in your future. Yeah. 
You know how the Bible says that Abraham called for those things which were not as though they were? Romans, I think it's Romans 4, 17, somewhere around in there. Abraham, based on the promise that God made him, went into a future place and brought it to his present. You couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. But Abraham saw it. See, this is why it's so important. The scripture talks about casting your pearl before swine. Sometimes you can't tell everybody about what you see and where you're going. There's some people you can share it with, but there's some folks you just got to keep it all to yourself and say, I know what God promised me, and I know where I'm going, and so why am I so joy-filled when I'm going through hell? It's because I see where I'm going, not where I'm at right now. Why do I have so much joy and so much peace? It's because I see where I'm going, not where I'm at right now. Amen. And I believe my God is so great that he's going to perform that which he promised me. Hallelujah. Because I want somebody to know your appointed time is now faith is the substance of things for hope. For. Come on. Faith is now faith is now faith. Now faith. Everybody say now faith is. I tell you, because I, I sense something in the spirit world for people that there's something getting ready to happen that wasn't even supposed to happen for the next five years of your life. But I sense in the spirit world that something is about to get ready to manifest in your life because you're pulling from your future and you're bringing it to your now. Hallelujah, someone. Do you know what a procrastinator is? A procrastinator is a person who refuses to accept now as an answer. Amen. See, everybody wants to talk about someday and one day. And God's going to do it. And God's going to do it in the future. But I'm believing that one day is now. Amen. That breakthrough is now. Amen. That hallelujah healing is now. Somebody come on. Come on in agreement with me this morning. That, that my, my breakthrough is now. What I'm trusting God for is now. Hallelujah. I'm going to reach for a day that's in my future and I'm going to bring it to my now. And I want the devil to know, Satan, you've been messing with my faith. You've been trying to hold me back for so long. But because of my faith in the God that I serve now, everybody shout now. So can I tell somebody in this place today, you have lived in a season for no too long. And I just want to get some hope into you today, some faith into you today. This takes faith for you to operate in this. You have lived in a season of no too long. Can I do this? No. Can I do this? But you got to understand, the Bible says all the promises of God are what? Yes. And amen. Hallelujah. And so God is changing your season from a no season to a yes season. In the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Can I be healed? Yes. Can I be delivered? Yes. Can I prosper? Yes, in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can, can my kids be saved? Yes. Can my marriage be restored? Yes. Come on, somebody. All the promises of God are yes. And so Jesus, Jesus, as I get ready to come to a close today, Jesus is my advocate. Can you imagine being in a courtroom and the accuser of the brethren is standing in that courtroom and he's messing with you. He's accusing you of everything you did. You know you did it. Amen. And, and can I help us as a church today? I've always looked at this. I think I preached this to the young adults one time. I thought about this long and strong. I said, where is the accuser of the brethren? I said, have you ever seen 
Satan. Anywhere. Accusing the brethren. I've been saved for over 20 something years. I listen. I've never, I've seen Satan fill people. But I've never seen Satan himself. Anywhere in the earth realm accusing anybody. You know what I've seen? I believe when you look into that deep and when you look into that good, I believe what you see is believers accusing other believers. I believe you see Christians talking about other Christians because they don't understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. But against principalities. Amen. This is why we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't bow down to the system of, of people talking about other Christians. Amen. You, you come to me and talk about my past all you want to. You're going to get put in your place. You come to me and you talk about Billy. Pastor Billy, all you, you're going to get put in your place. Listen, can, can, I, can I interject this to you? Do not let people talk about other believers to you. Shut that stuff down right away. And even if it may be true, say, let's, let's touch and agree. Let's pray for them. Amen. I find that people want to talk more than they pray. Come on, somebody. But we can touch and agree. And we can pray that God does something miraculous. And so here you are in this courtroom and you've been accused. And God, the God of justice, has his mallet. And he has every right to slam it down and say guilty. But then your advocate walks in the courtroom. Who is your advocate? So you say, gee, come on, who is your advocate? Come on, somebody, who is your advocate? Everybody. Jesus walks in the courtroom and all of a sudden the courtroom goes silent. <laughs> because the accuser of the brethren knows who Jesus is. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus walks in the courtroom and, 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 and God, the righteous judge, says, who's your defense? <laughs> and Jesus steps up to the plate and say, it's me. And the accuser of the brethren says, yeah, they did this, they did that, all of the stuff they did. And the accuser of the brethren says, yeah, you know what? They did it. Your defense attorney says, yeah, they did it. This is what Jesus, the advocate, our advocate does. Jesus, our advocate, he, he, he doesn't even have to say a word. This is what he does. He, he walks to, to the center of the courtroom and through a gesture, he just holds up his nail-scarred hands. He, he shows his nail-pierced feet. Amen. And, and he, he just rolls down the robe enough just to show his, his whipped open back, amen, with the kettle nine tails. Come on, somebody. And, and watch this. The, the, the God of justice that should have slammed the mallet down and say guilty, he begins to shift and pull it back. Because when he looks at the atonement that Jesus made for you and me, he can't say guilty anymore. Hallelujah, somebody. Instead, he slams the mallet down and says, innocent. Why? Based on the blood of Jesus Christ, 
you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I choose to believe today that not only is he my advocate, but Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my provider. Jesus is everything I need. Will somebody give him a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. This is why Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who heals all of our diseases, who cleanses all of our sins. This is the God that we're talking about. And I want somebody in this room to know today, hallelujah, there's more for you than there are for the enemy. You've been looking at life through the lens of everything that's mounting up against you. And, and I just want you to, to just remember this text in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, where the prophet Elisha was looking at this army that was gathered against him and his servant was struggling with this view. And he says, there's more for us than there are against us. And the servant said, where? I don't see him. And the, the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. In the spirit realm, God opened his eyes. And when he looked up in the mountains, he saw a host of angelic people, amen, that was there to come to their beckoning rescue. And God wants somebody in this sanctified place to know today there is more for you than there are against you. Hallelujah. How? By amazing grace. Amen, somebody. Stand on your feet with me today as we close. But somebody shout, it was amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hallelujah. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind. I see. Why? Because Jesus is my advocate. <laughs> this is what God wants you to know today. It's simple and plain. I, I went through all of that just to get to this one little simple thing. I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand. Just grab your neighbor by the hand and squeeze this into them. And I want you to preach with me to your neighbor on your left and on your right. Point to somebody on your other side. If there's nobody there, just point to somebody. Come in agreement with him. Watch this. This is what I want you to say to him. Say, Jesus, he never lost the case. That's what I've come to tell you this morning. He's our advocate in the courtroom, and he's never lost the case. He's never lost the case. What are you struggling with today? He's never lost the case. What are you dealing with today? I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. He's never lost a case. What are you going through right now? He's never lost a case. What seems impossible for you? He's never lost a case. Hallelujah. What you're facing right now? Jesus never lost a case. Come on, somebody. That's who we're here to celebrate today as we bring 2019 to a close and go into 2020. The same God that didn't lose a case in 2019 he won't lose a case in 2020. Amen. Do you have faith today? Do you believe today? Won't you put your sanctified hands together and give him some praise? He's never lost a case. And for those of you that are around you that don't believe, you need to turn to a
you everything <laughs> that he's brought me out and that he's delivered me from. Hallelujah. He's never lost a case. I just want to pray that into your hearts and minds today. He's our advocate. He's never lost a case. Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe you need prayer today. Maybe you just want to close this year out and you want somebody to pray with you of the things that you've been facing in the midst of life's trials and tribulations. This is, this is what the word of God says. I love it because it says no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rides against you thou shalt condemn. Listen, did not say the weapon would not prosper or the weapon would not form. But what it did say is the weapon that forms will not prosper. Listen, saints, we'll go through some things. But Jesus, he never lost the case. If you need prayer, won't you come today? As we close out. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.